Hello and welcome back to the PFOS Pulse Podcast, P3, the companion podcast to HRP's free subscription service, the PFOS Pulse. I am here today with Laurel Picard because we are talking to you about an upcoming webinar we have on January 20th. Uh, Laurel, can you tell us what this webinar will be about? The webinar is going to be about PFOS and how it is impacting metal finishers, mostly within the Northeast states. But as these regulations change, the information will expand well beyond that across the 50 states. Uh, So why the Northeastern states? These are the states where there's the most active regulations. The EPA has their federal regulations that are just starting to kick in. New York, Massachusetts, Connecticut, these have all adopted their own additional regulations and moving faster than the EPA's. So that's where we're focusing right now. Okay. So what are some of those uh, requirements within the regulations that we're seeing coming online in the northeastern states? Well, we just saw in Connecticut that facilities that were renewing their significant industrial users' wastewater permit are now being asked if they have um, chromium treatment to do either sampling or inventory reviews to prove they don't have PFAS. And that's just going to continue to expand. That's coming from the Connecticut Department of Energy and Environmental Protection. But we're also going to see as uh, wastewater treatment plants continue to do their own testing, which about a third in Connecticut have already done, that they're going to be looking at their industrial users and asking them to do sampling and inventory reviews to explain why PFAS is found upstream. In Massachusetts, sites that discharge to surface water may already be doing PFAS sampling if they're upstream of a drinking water source. Other sites might be having to sample soon as they approved the EPA laboratory method this past fall. In Massachusetts, POTWs are required to sample quarterly for PFAS as They do their sampling. If they find hits, they're just going to start to look at their industrial users upstream and require them to do sampling and inventory reviews to prove it's not them who's discharging any PFAS or if they are, what can be done to prevent it. So then that could have consequences uh, outside of just the immediately regulated parties, right? Of course. Any of these places that potentially have PFAS, maybe even historical PFAS, should be on the lookout that They may need to do either an inventory review, looking at all their SDSs and most current SDSs, which are safety data sheets. We're finding that some SDSs have not been updated to include if there's PFAS or not, so that's something to look out for. In New York, some of the initiatives that are going on include reopening inactive hazardous waste sites and landfill monitoring. And That can impact middle finishers or any industrial site because many of these sites have been remediated or are active remediation sites. And now we're having to add a whole new parameter into sampling and into things that we thought were closed previously. So there's important points for each state, but do you think this is sort of a jumping off point for uh, the rest of the country? Oh, for certain. All of these states have models that are mimicking the EPAs. It's just an issue of where they're starting. I'd expect to see more states follow suit as these programs get further underway and become models throughout the country. For now, though, who would you say are the primarily impacted people and probably those who would most benefit from attending this webinar? Any metal finishers, especially those who have used chromium in the past or at present, are probably the most likely suspects due to historical use of PFAS, whether or not they specifically use them. Um, But anyone who is in industry 
or curious about these changing regulations is welcome to attend. It's best to start learning how these things work now because it's going to affect you at some point down the line. This is just kind of a a starting point, like we said before, right? Oh, definitely. This is just a beginning, and we're going to keep seeing these. None of this is going away, just like PFAS. A lot of us are used to measuring things at a parts per million or parts per billion. When you're measuring for PFAS, it's in parts per trillion, which is like an equivalent of a drop of water in 20 Olympic swimming pools. <laughs> the It's such a hard concept to even fathom at times, um, but that's how low these detection limits are. So it's very difficult when you're sampling to um, make sure you're doing things correctly and not having interference. Mm. PFAS were used and are used in metal plating and finishing, aerospace, automotive industry, electronics and semiconductors, and not just in the manufacturing, but also as things like fume suppressants. So these things have been around for a long time and are still used today still used today. So it's time to get ready. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we were able to hit a couple of the highlights in this episode of P3, but for all of the details and specifics, make sure you register for the webinar. Go to HRP Associates, hit our training page. The webinar is titled Cracking Down on PFAS. Why Metal Finishers Need to Be Prepared. It is on January 20th from noon to one o'clock Eastern time. With speakers, Laurel Picard, who is our guest today, Senior Project Engineer here at HRP, and Mark Wright, PG CSP, Project Manager at HRP out of our New York office. Uh, Laurel, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. Uh, and for all of you out there, make sure to register for the webinar, and don't forget to register for the PFOS Pulse. Go to hrpassociates.com slash PFOS to register and make sure you are getting all of the latest information on PFOS. Thanks so much, everybody. Stay safe out there. Bye.